Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. Elliot Dank and Timothy Go right now taking a look at headlines from the Southeast Asian region. Looks like we're putting the attention on Malaysia again. We are, and also on Thailand, specifically the ex-Prime Minister Thaksin Sinawat. Yep, and helping us out is Dr. Mustafa Izzuddin, Senior International Affairs Analyst for Solari Strategy Singapore. Dr. Mustafa, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, not so bad. Thank you for having me again. Excellent stuff, sir. Let's talk about the ex-Prime Minister from Malaysia, Najib Razak's jail term half. This, of course, over the 1MDB scandal. The latest news being he's very disappointed he didn't get a full pardon. He wants to petition again. Any thoughts on this most immediate news that we're getting today? I think he's definitely disappointed by his expression. He wanted a full pardon, which I think he obviously was not granted. I mean, there are some ways he can continue to to law before getting a full pardon, but it's going to be it's become increasingly difficult after this decision has been made. So perhaps he could petition again. He could perhaps also go through the medical route as well that he is unwell mm. to sort of sentence perhaps. So anything of that nature could happen. But right now, I think the feeling is what what to do next. Last week, analysts were saying this is, you know, a good compromise to give a little bit of something for everyone. You get a half a pardon, you get your punishment and all that. Uh, So what happens now if he goes through the medical route and gets a full pardon, then the other side will not be happy about it? Yes, I think uh, regardless of the verdict you're going to get, people who are either for it or against it. I think, yes, maybe people are saying this is a compromise. But I think we've also seen cases where they do get full pardon in the past. So the question is also about fairness. Mm -hmm. So that's one I think they're going to go on. And second, they would say that despite the, I suppose, the the egregious nature of what has happened with the corruption, that possibly this is a corruption and he would have to go go, go to jail and and serve his his time there. Mm. So I think right now, I, I think it's really fluctuating. We don't know what will be the next step. But I think right now, the, so the, the feeling is that it is, it is split between those who say, I think he should just take it and serve, his, mm-hmm. serve the sentence and get it done and over with, and others who feel that they should have been uh, the full sentence, and then others who say he should get a full pardon. Mm-hmm. So the whole, the, the, I mean, the opinions are mixed at the moment on the ground in Malaysia. Dr. Mustafa, not to put you in an impossible spot, but what do you think is going through Prime Minister Anwar's head when criticisms of this particular incident signals or, or, or points to corruption in Malaysia is easily forgiven? Just wait for the pardon. I mean, uh, that's an impossible task for him to sort of manage from a PR point of view. Absolutely. And it's not just Najib. I mean, there are others also caught yeah. here. Yeah. There are those that are within the, in his government as well. Yeah. yeah. So I was the, the idea, I mean, the principle is good, which is to root out corruption, but it's not easy to get it done. Mm-hmm. And because he has to manage between political necessity and being able to be on the side of public opinion, as far as corruption is concerned. So this is a very tricky balance that he has. He has continued to kind of strike, but it's becoming increasingly difficult for him. All right. Exciting times, Dr. Mustafa. In Indonesia, the elections are heating up in the last few weeks. Um, what's, uh, what stood out for you? To me, I think the candidates have, uh, have stood out for me, uh, one. And I think they, they offer something quite quite unique to, to, to Indonesia. And uh, it's probably one of the closest and tightest elections you'll see in recent memory. 
and uh, so and and that is good for Indonesia. So the people of Indonesia have choices, and it's good and have uh, quite uh, different choices as well. So I think what stood up for me, of course, yeah, the 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 one that's uh, the front run, uh, the front runner now, which is Prabowo. That mm. the other two candidates, Anis and uh, Ganja Pranowo, is going after him. Mm-hmm. So I think you see a lot of it going uh, a lot of uh, what Prabowo is uh, is about. It's uh, being being opened up, so to speak, more about him is being known. That's one. Second, what was increasingly interesting about his lectures is how. So social media has gone into overdrive. Yeah, you've seen uh, particularly uh, among young people, TikTok and Twitter and others. I mean, they are just uh, buzzing with the with election fever. So, th- so that's the second thing. And the third thing will be interesting here uh, is that in Indonesia the voting age is 17, and you could, could even be lower if you are married and you have a you're, you know you having you are carrying a card to be able to vote. So that tells me that uh, the youth vote is going to be really important in Indonesia. Mm. So how the young people think about this election, how are they going to vote, I think is going to determine the uh, future of uh, Indonesia post-Jokowi. Mm. Doctor, just going back to the part where you talked about how social media has kind of really blown up because of these elections, everyone talking about it. Uh, there was a, a final television debate on Sunday. Oh. Uh, your thoughts on how the candidates fare there and does it really matter anymore, these TV debates, in light of how social media is on the, the rise? I think it's, uh, it's a dying uh, breed, I guess, television debate. <laughs> but I think it is still conducted because you still have segments of, of the population right. who enjoy such debates. So yeah, I think there yeah. is still a base for that, I guess. So I think it will continue to happen at least, uh, at least you know, in, in the near future. But I think it's this television debate is it, not going to determine the outcome mm-hmm. as much as what social media is mm-hmm. going to get. Social media is going to be the, the, the far more important factor in determining how people are going to vote. So you mentioned uh, the importance of the youth vote in this round of election, but Indonesia being such a big, vast, diverse country, what's going through the minds of different segments of voters? Do you think? I think so. I think it's it's still very much domestic. Mm-hmm. So they are still looking at bread and butter issues, looking at the cost of uh, living, the inflation, the economy, employment, wages, and so on. The things that uh, you know, affect them more. I don't know daily basis. I think that's still going to be the number one issue. I think the number two issue would also be uh, perhaps those who are of a different generation, uh, that, you know, those that uh, are more the social media kind of generation. But they're also going to be looking at uh, issues that go beyond the domestic, also looking at global issues, mm. looking at the candidate's profile, looking at the intellectuality of the candidates. So it's going to be a range of uh, you know factors that ultimately determine how people are going to work. It's going to, be, it's going to be very complex. But I think in Indonesia as well, it's going to be the middle ground that ultimately determine it. And that also, of course, includes quite a chunk of the middle class as well. Mm-hmm. So how they are going to work is going to determine the most important, although that's not the only constituency, but the region of Jawa mm-hmm. would be really, really important in determining the outcome. And Jawa is very heterogeneous. You have Central, yeah. East, and West Jawa, but who gets the majority of the vote there? You can it's uh, you can likely say that that's a person that's going to win the election. Yeah, yeah. Same can be said for a, a lot of the rest of the region when their elections come around. Uh, but let's move on to Thai politics. All right, favorite person, the ex prime minister Taksin Sinha, has his way of getting in the news all the time. Uh, now he's possibly um, facing some royal insult charge. Um, 
when were the comments made? What did he say exactly? I think from what uh, has been uh, reported sometime in 2015 that he made uh, a comment uh, it's a, a media interview that he had, but I think his his counter argument is that it is not meant to insult the monarchy. He was doing it in the context of what was happening to his sister at, at that point in time. So people are using that as as a way of uh, saying that he did insult uh, the royalty. And in in Thailand, insulting royalty is uh, is, is a severe punishment. If less than just law, and you could be end up in prison for many years. So it's to be to be given that charge and and uh, and then to be found guilty for it. It's something that you know he could do without now that he is back. Yeah. And uh, so that's why so it's something that is it's worrisome. Mm-hmm. But I think right now the focus is whether he actually do it, and if he did, then what is the punishment that would follow? Mm. Doctor, just to very quickly squeeze this in before we uh, end this segment. The former PM hopeful Peter Jim Lim Jaronrat, uh, seven other yeah. political figures also uh, being handed suspended sentences over an unlawful rally back in 2019. I mean, his, his political career seems to be on a bit of a start-stop. Any comment on this? It's sort of a spiral. Yeah. Uh, but I think as is politics uh, in Thailand, <laughs> you can rise and fall. Uh, and so now I think it's at the lowest end, perhaps, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But I think at some point he can, of course, bounce back. Uh, so I think he, he will need to see how he can balance between what the legalities are and how right. can you go about politically getting people on your side. I don't think it's the end of him, mm-hmm. but, uh, or end of his political career rather, but I think it is one that he needs to manage if he wants to come back and be, of course, people and that people would, su- would support and vote for him subsequently. Yeah, All we'll right. see if he still have the youth vote by then. Mm-hmm. Good point yeah. you bring. Thank you so much for sharing with us your insights. Dr. Mustafa Isudin, Senior International Affairs Analyst, Solaris Strategy Singapore. Doctor, thank you for your time. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you again. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.